success in and of itself is individually defined. You have your own definition and you go out there and do what it is you find important. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us today, our good friend, Adam Whitmer. Hey, Adam. Hey, Jared. How are you? Adam, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And of course, sometimes we have a gentleman from Maui, Hawaii, but today we don't have that person. We have Mr. Jody Mayberry, so the, the crowd size. But uh, no, I'm just kidding, Jody. It's always good <laughs> to have you back. How you doing, man? Good, Jared. I'm glad you lifted the ban from having me on the show. <laughs> there is no ban. You're always welcome. So uh, today we're very fortunate. We're going to speak with someone that has become a really good friend in the last year, someone who's uh, just doing amazing things and has recently received some good news. So we'll hopefully have him break the news here on Star of the Doubts or share it anyway. So our guest is Zeb Welburn. He's the owner of Welburn Media. He is the host of the popular Defining Success podcast. He is an author of the book, The Social Golf Course. And Zeb is, of course, an entrepreneur golfer and educator. And you can learn more about Zeb by going to WelburnSocialMedia.com. Zeb, it's an honor to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jared. It's an honor to be on your show. You know, you and I have communicated quite a bit over the years, so I'm really excited to start doing this. So thank you for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. And of course, uh, you and I met face to face. We had a chance to hang out a little bit in San Diego not too long ago. And I really appreciated that opportunity. So uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, we mentioned it in the intro. You've received some really good news. Would you mind sharing that on Start the Doubts? Yeah, so this is the first time I think I'm saying it out loud. But I'm, I just found out that I'm going to be a dad to a baby boy. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, it was really exciting. So thanks for giving me that opportunity, too. Well, Zeb, that is a great moment. And congratulations. Thank you. Cool. So that said... We ask this question on every show, and and you've been on the show, so you know this. What is the best concert that you have ever been to? Well, I've been to a few concerts. I'm I'm not that big of a music person, but I did go. I would say the the funnest one that I went to is I went and saw, and it was because of the experience that I had with my wife. I went and saw her favorite band, which is Devotchka. They're the ones that do the song to Little Miss Sunshine, the show that goes on there. So anyways, they played the music and she was just so happy and excited to be there that uh, it was just a good experience because I got to see how happy she was getting a chance to listen to her favorite band play live. That's so cool, man. I got to imagine that your little boy is probably going to be into that, too. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. You know, I, I really I'm kind of curious because I'm very athletically inclined. I like to do a lot of sports and my wife is the opposite of that. She likes to she's very artistic and does a lot of that kind of stuff. So. It's going to be interesting to see what our kids are, are into. So I'm excited to, to see this personality of this little kid that's coming out. That's so great, man. All right. So, Adam, would you be willing to kick us off here with the content side? Absolutely, Jared. Hey, Zeb, in the introduction, Jared mentioned that you did author The Social Golf Course. I'm curious, what encouraged you to write that book? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I was working at Los Ross Country Club, which is the golf course I grew up. I grew up working there and playing as a kid, and then I ended up working there. and I left to become a teacher and I ended up coming back when I started my own internet marketing business and I offered them to handle their social media presence. So I took over their Facebook, their Twitter, some blog writing, some of their website stuff. And when I was doing it for them, I did it for 18 months and I felt that I had really good success. You know, we're getting a lot of word of mouth. We're getting a lot of people talking about the golf course, a lot of traffic, that kind of stuff. And a new owner came in and took over the golf course And he made it very clear right from the beginning that he didn't get social media, that he didn't understand how it would affect business. And so when he came in, he ended up letting me go. And as he let me go, 
I went back and kind of analyzed everything that we had done. And I was really good friends with the owners of the business. So they gave me a chance to look at the financials and that kind of thing. And, and what we were able to do was really phenomenal. So I created this PowerPoint presentation and I was going to go in and give him this presentation to tell him, hey, this is why you need to keep me here. And uh, I gave it to him. And what he told me at the end was he says, you know, Zeb, you're going to make a lot of money, but it's just not going to be here. So anyways, I was kind of disheartened by that. But then I was so fired up that because I knew I was right in this case. And so I was so fired up about it that I just figured I needed to write something to show guys like this the value and importance of social media. So he was a guy who didn't get it. And I knew that just talking about it wasn't enough. I needed to demonstrate, show examples. And so I decided to write this book and I reached out to my co-author, John Hakeem, and he owns a website. It's a golf community website. So it's one of the largest golfing communities online called greenskeeper.org. I met him, reached out to him, and we started talking about this and we both got fired up about it. And that's how the book came about. So I wrote that book to show golf course owners how they can use social media to increase rounds of their golf course. Now, Zeb, before I go on to the next question, I just want to let you know that when I was 18, I shot a birdie on the Madison Golf Course in Peoria, Illinois. So if you want to include that in your next book, you're more than welcome to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll be sure to do that. Was it an actual birdie on the scorecard or did you hit a bird out on the golf course? This time it was a a birdie on the scorecard. All right, all right. I like it. Now, I also saw recently that you were mentioned by Golf Inc. Magazine as one of the 10 most innovative people in golf marketing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And then, and it, when I found out I was having my son, this is when they published that article at the exact same time. So when I left the announcement and I was you know excited about hearing about the baby boy, I checked my phone and saw that I had an email saying that, hey, this article about you is up online. So it was a pretty big deal right then. But uh, yeah, they named me the, one of the top 10 most innovative people in golf course marketing. And so uh, that's quite an honor. So I'm really excited because it's, uh, you know, golf is it's kind of a big deal and to be named one of the top 10 marketers is pretty darn exciting. That is exciting. And I imagine it's this book that you wrote that started you down that course since writing the book. How has your business model changed? Yeah. So before I wrote the book and actually what I had originally planned on doing was I had originally planned on working in one industry, like, you know, offering my social media and internet marketing services for one business in each industry. And the reason for that was I, I wanted to be loyal. You know, I want to be loyal to different businesses and not work for competing businesses. And and then if you're working at multiple golf courses in the local area, they're kind of competing. So I didn't really want to do that when I first started. But because I thought that I did such a good job at this golf course, they were letting me go. And that was my loyalty. You know, my loyalty was that one golf course. And since they were letting me go, I kind of felt like I was a free agent. So I wrote that book and I was able to get a bunch of golf courses signed up. So I knew I was on to something there. So My business model changed from trying to do all of these different tasks to really focusing in on the golf industry. I do, well, you know, Jared mentioned Wellborn Media at the beginning. So I do have some, that portion of the business, which is about half of the business. And then the other half of my business is on golf course marketing. Zebs, you started a chat earlier this year. So hashtag golf chat. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So Actually, one of the things that I first got into when I started using social media was I got on Twitter and I joined this group called EdChat and EdChat, you know, hashtag EdChat. And it was a Twitter chat that took place about education. So I had a tutoring business and I ran this tutoring business for some time. But 
what I always tell people when I'm giving speaking engagements and things like that is that I learned more in the three months that I spent participating in this EdChat than I did in my entire time teaching, my entire time in the credential program, and my entire time in college about education. And so it's just so fast paced. You get to learn so much material. And so when the time came where I started, I knew I wanted to make more of a focus and put more of an emphasis in the golf course industry. I started this golf chat at the beginning of 2015. And it started out with maybe about 20, 30 people who came in and were engaging and talking about golf. And we've built it to probably about, there's over, I want to say about 200 people that are engaging in this golf chat. And we're just posing questions about golf. We call it the the fastest hour in golf because you have six questions. There's 10 minutes per question. And then you have all this back and forth commentary from all the people that are participating. It happens every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's pretty cool, Zeb. And you mentioned that you had learned a lot in teaching, and that was your original career, I know. And one of the things you've done last year was you started Wellborn Media University, and you started and launched your first course, the Ultimate Facebook for Business Online course. Can you tell us a little bit about the course and really what your future plans are for that course? Well, the course, what we did was we created these 10-minute videos. Uh, So it's 30 days in length. So there's 30 10-minute videos, and you can go through it at whatever pace you want, but we kind of recommend that you do one video a day, you know, so you can kind of spread it out. And uh, through the video, you get a chance to see me explain some facet or some topic of Facebook. And then at the end, there's some kind of task that you're supposed to do. It's like a homework assignment, you know, so I kind of treat it like a classroom. That's why we call it Wellborn Media University. So we're teaching Facebook for beginners. Actually, it's for beginners to moderate level Facebook expertise, I guess, experts, but we take them from the start, beginning Facebook up until the end and teach them how to use it to grow and build their business. So your Wellborn Media University is online. Your golf chat connects you with people online, but you're also heavily involved in your local community with the Chino Valley Chamber of Commerce and the Rotary Club. How has that impacted your business? Well, it's, it's been a really good thing. I think I joined my local Chamber of Commerce when I started in business because I you know, you guys mentioned earlier that I used to be a teacher and I jumped into business knowing nothing about business. I had no entrepreneurial mindset. I didn't even, I didn't even know any entrepreneurs personally. So jumping in was kind of a, just kind of like I jumped into the deep end of the pool and joining my local chamber, I get a chance to interact with other entrepreneurs and other business owners. And it really got me a chance to feel like there's a sense of community around being a business owner. So one of the things that I thought was interesting, the first time that I went to a Chino Valley Chamber of Commerce meeting was when I was a teacher, I looked at other teachers and they all seemed kind of pessimistic about their profession. You know, they're mostly just complaining about the kids or complaining about the administration. And I've seen this in other industries too, where typically the average worker is complaining about their lot in life. And when I went to this first Chino Valley Chamber of Commerce meeting, I remember the first person I met, his name was Jim Canister and he was a computer repairman. Just the way that he was talking about computer repair, which is not that exciting, but he was just so excited about it and so willing to share his knowledge and his value and everything with me and also to bring me in and to make me feel a part of that community is really something special. And so that's kind of one of the things that has been a driving force behind what I've been doing in my business is I want to inspire other people. And it doesn't necessarily be to become business owners, but to love what they do and to be good at what they do. So that's really what I try to do with the Wellborn Media businesses. I help business owners share their passion with others. Uh, Zeb, another way you're, you're helping is I get on your social media because I'm your friend and I'm following what you do. 
And I, I see you wearing a tie and wearing a jacket. And I'm like, what is this picture? And I look a bit closer. And yes, again, you've been asked to speak one more time. That's becoming more and more a common thing where you're helping other people through public speaking. So I want to hear about how public speaking and those engagements have had an impact in your business and what you're doing with your brand. Yeah, well, you know, I really do enjoy public speaking. When I was in college, when I was in high school, it was like the biggest fear of mine was getting in front of others. And I, I think that's one of the things that attracted me to teaching because I like to improve on the things that I feel deficient in. So becoming a teacher really helped me to speak in front of others. And now that I have something that I'm really passionate about, it just makes it that much easier. So when I give these speaking engagements locally, it really gives an opportunity for people to connect with the things that I feel important and the missions that I try to share and the things that we're doing. Most of my speaking engagements are on internet marketing and how to use the internet to grow their business, which a lot of people locally just, and I mean, I'm sure it's not just locally, but everywhere don't really know how to do and don't have any concept or any ideas on how the internet can help grow their business. And so by speaking to these people, I give them the ideas and the thoughts to go out there and promote their business online. And I can tell you from, you know, because I'm obviously connected with all of these people that I have spoken with in the past on their social media channels, that the amount of activity in their social channels, locally speaking, has expanded exponentially since I started speaking in this area. And that's a pretty exciting thing, knowing that I've had that kind of impact on our local community. Yeah, Zeb, hey, and knowing you for a while, I know that you really have a heart to help other people. And we can clearly see that in what you're doing with your online media, with your public speaking. But also, you started a podcast a while back. I think it's been probably a couple years. It's the Defining Success podcast. You've done a lot of episodes. How's that going? And why did you start that? Well, it's, I started the podcast and I actually brought it up earlier when I was teaching, I just saw so much pessimism. And then the other thing that as a teacher that kept me up at night was I saw a lot of students who just seemed very apathetic. They didn't really have any kind of passions or any directions. And those were the students that really kept me up at night. And so when I was teaching, the thing that I studied up on was how to motivate unmotivated students. So that's was a driving force behind my educational career. And when I started this, when I got this idea for the Defining Success podcast, what I wanted to demonstrate was there was a lot of successful people that I had interacted with. And to them, I don't think many of them thought of their success in terms of financial, in terms of you know how much money they're making. They saw it in the type of impact that they're having on the world. So when I interview people for the Defining Success podcast, I didn't want to do it based off of how well they're doing financially. I wanted to do it on how well they were I interviewed people who loved what they did, who were good at it, and who were helping other people. So that's really what the Defining Success podcast focused on for the first 100 episodes. And just the question that I always ask at the end is, how do you define success? And every single person had something different to say. And I think a couple of people did mention financials, but overwhelmingly, most people just talked about those three things that I just said, how they love what they did, they were good at it, and they're helping other people. And, uh, that's really the message that I kind of wanted to get out there is that success shouldn't be tied to those financial goals. It should be tied to the impact you're having on others. Well, after interviewing more than 100 guests on defining success, you must have gained some insight on what success is and, and what it means to measure progress. How do your guests measure progress? That's a good question. There's 
several of them brought up, you know, the smart goals, you know, like the being specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And then what I try to do with each of the people that I interviewed is I try to set up a theme around their interview. And it was after the fact, because I'd ask them 10 questions about their career paths and then really come up with a theme of the things that kept coming up in their interview. And so some of the themes that a lot of people talked about when it came to measuring success was they all talked about setting goals. So setting goals is extremely important. Taking initiative, learning along the way, being able to adapt to change. Another guy named Dr. Eric Mizell, he focused on, like he said, don't get attached to outcomes. A lot of times we set goals and then we all strive to achieve those goals. But sometimes along the way, you learn that those goals, you might need to take a different path. So he's saying, don't get attached to outcomes. Getting out of your comfort zone is extremely important. And then being able to reevaluate your steps. And lastly, that success or that you know, measuring your progress, it's a lifestyle. It's something you do daily and you continually reevaluate and make changes and adapt. And that's the kind of things that I've seen a lot of the listeners on the, or a lot of the guests that I've had on the Finding Success podcast bring up time and time again. Zeb, I, I really enjoy hearing that, man. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I am guilty so many times of just overthinking stuff, <laughs> you know? And so to hear how your guests have shared, you know, these steps and just kind of making that a, a lifestyle, that's encouragement to me. You obviously have had some tremendous growth in what you're doing online and your business. So I want to talk about how you personally are setting goals and measuring your progress. Well, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And like I mentioned, you know, I'm kind of new to this business thing. So I know that there are some things that need improvement in the things I'm doing. And actually, I've come recently to a realization about the direction, the path that I've had in business. And actually, Adam and Jody, interestingly enough, were involved in a mastermind group we had together last year. So 2014, we met every Tuesday at, at 5 p.m. And one of the things they kept insisting on was that I focus on the golf course industry because I had that book out and I looked like I was getting some momentum. So they kept encouraging me to continue down that path. And, you know, I was doing the Wellmore Media University. I had the podcast. I have all of these different things that I've been doing. And to be honest, some of these things I've been doing have been more distractions than they have making good business sense. So when I sit down and think about how I measure progress is when I originally started, I had, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I had this goal to my first year in business. My plan was to make a million dollars. I figure I'm a smart guy. I can go out there, make a million dollars. No problem. And you quickly learn that when you jump into businesses, it's not as easy as you would think it would be. So I didn't make a million dollars in my first year. But what the first year did is it gave me is it gave me a foundation and something that I can build upon. So every every year since then, I've had the goal of growing 50 percent because I did it the first year. And then the second year, I still thought I had a chance to make a heck of a lot of money. And then by the second year, I kind of realized, okay, I did, I did see some growth and it was about 50% growth. So if I can maintain that, that would be a good business foundation for me and my business. So that's what I've done. I've kind of reevaluated along the way. And I mentioned that one of the things that I'm currently doing is I'm trying to focus more of my business energy and efforts into a particular direction. And I don't think it was possible a couple of years ago to do that because I really didn't know which direction my business was going to take and which one was the most advantageous but as you mentioned, you know, I've been getting recognition in the golf industry, one of the most, you know, the top 10 most innovative people in golf course marketing. So that's kind of an indicator that that's a good direction for me to go. Plus, I really enjoy it. And it's something that doesn't take much brain power for me to do because I'm just excited about it and I can jump in and I can get things done quickly and timely. So that's one of the things that's really shifting for me. So when I look at measuring progresses, although the Define Success podcast is something 
I take away from like, I wanted to focus on people who are successful and they didn't determine their success based off of their financials. But I also heard at a, a conference I went to one time where a guy said, the amount of money you make is directly correlated to the amount of value you give to others. And when I first started my business, actually, this is before the tutoring business, I just put something on Facebook that said, I want to help as many people as I can. If you need help with something, contact me. And people contact me about these really weird things that I had no experience in, and I couldn't help them even if I wanted to. So what I can do is I can focus my energies in particular tasks that I'm well suited for and then offer that. And the way that I can tell if I'm doing good is if I'm reaching those goals that I've set for myself in a financial sense. Well, Zeb, if measuring progress is or success is the financials based on the value that's provided, I'm concerned about the Starve Without's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, anyway. yeah, and I think that's the, that's the one thing that I got out of the Defining Success podcast was that success in and of itself is individually defined. It's you have right. your own definition and you go out there and do what it is that you find important. And to be honest with you, that's why I've done. I mean, like Starve the Doubts, like you said, it's probably not the best place to go. Same thing with the Defining Success podcast. But I'm going to continue to do that because I like I love the format. I like the way that it works. I love the fact that I get to learn. I love the fact that I get to share my knowledge with others and connect with really cool people. You and I would not be having this conversation if it weren't for that podcast. And I'm very grateful for everything that's brought to me as well. Sure. For me, it was interesting to hear you say that all of the projects that you've had and going on have been somewhat of a distraction. For me, it's really been just really neat to see how many businesses you've started just over several years and how many major projects you've done. You've written a book. You did an online course that was very extensive, knowing that from going through it myself. The businesses you've started have been successful. And I'm just curious on two things. First of all, what do you view as your greatest business success? And also, can you share with us a time you were discouraged in a project or in a business and how you overcame that? My greatest success... You know, when I have successes almost daily, I have these things that I get fired. I like when I'm at home, the thing that's the coolest thing is because, you know, we're on the computer most of the time and something good will happen, something that I've been working towards or some goal that I've set. And I just get fired up about it. And I'm like kind of jumping around my apartment, just really excited about it. I like that golf, you know, being named one of the top 10 golf course marketers. That's a really cool thing. Being named, writing the book, finishing this book and writing it out. That's a really cool thing. I'm organizing a charity golf tournament in Southern California, and we're trying to get 144 golfers for this golf tournament. We're two months out. We've already got 90 people signed up. I mean, that's a cool thing. So I get excited every time somebody signs up there. There's just so many things that I really enjoy about this. Honestly, my greatest success so far has been the completion of that book, just with how long it took. And I got to work on it with my dad. He's a golf writer for several magazines. And he and I got a chance to collaborate and through the editing process. And he was a professional writer. He wrote for the Orange County Register. He covered the courts for 43 years. So just the fact that I got a chance to sit down with him and he taught me not everything he knew about writing, but a whole bunch about writing. So I feel like I'm a much better writer as a result. And it was just a cool thing to do. Cool thing to come out with. So that was my biggest success. The second question, I was just interested in a time that you might have been discouraged, you know, in how a project or a business was going and then how you overcame that discouragement. Yeah. And just like I have all those successes, I also have the same amount of discouragement <laughs> with the 
when, I mean, I mentioned before when I lost the job at Los Serranos, I mean, that was a devastating thing to me because it was something that I knew that I was doing so well at, and yet it wasn't recognized and it wasn't seen. And that was a big struggle for me because it made me contemplate whether or not I was going in the right direction or doing the right thing. And through our mastermind group, we've talked about this. There's been a lot of times when you get discouraged and you're not sure if you're doing things in the right way. Although I've always known like deep down that I'm doing the right things. And this is where, you know, Jared, your podcast comes in handy to so many is because I think all entrepreneurs experience this, this struggle, you know, this, this, I not sure if they're doing the right things or if they're on the right path, especially early on. But if you persevere through all of those things, if there are people who can persevere and then excel in whatever it is that they decide to do, as long as they're willing to do those things that we talked about when we're talking about measuring progress, adapting to change, not getting attached to outcomes, and then going in the path that you're best suited for. Zeb, you mentioned your dad was a big help to you in writing the book. And he was your guest on the 100th episode of this Defining Success podcast. That's really great that you had him as a guest. What role has he played in your business? Well, yeah, he did. You know, my dad helped me write the book. So that's first and foremost, probably the, the biggest impact that he's had on the business. When I interviewed him, he gave me a lot of advice. So during the interview, he gave me this advice, which was, and it was kind of interesting the way, because I asked him like, oh, let me tell you this story. So when I was working at Los Serranos and I was doing my podcast, this is right when I started my podcast, I think I was still at Los Serranos, I asked the general manager if I could interview him for the podcast. And he's a good friend of mine. He wrote the foreword to my book. And when I asked him, and his name's David Kramer, his father was Jack Kramer, the world famous tennis player. And uh, he was an announcer for the longest time. You may have seen like tennis rackets were named after him. So the Jack Kramer tennis rackets. He was this world famous tennis player. And so I asked his David, what's the greatest piece of advice your dad ever gave you? And he gave an answer, but the answer was kind of generic. And it was kind of like, you know, oh, be nice to other people. I don't remember exactly what he said, but there wasn't like a specific takeaway. And so I was really excited when I interviewed my dad. Oh, it, then I went to my dad and I kind of told him, I was like, yeah, I was a little disappointed by the interview. I asked him what the greatest piece of advice his dad ever gave him. And he just didn't have much of an answer. And so my dad said, well, what would you answer if somebody asked you? And I had to think about it. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. That's a good point. So he was like, see, there you go. So then I was really excited when I interviewed him so I could ask him that question. What's one piece of advice you would give your son? And he says, well, Zeb, I tell you this every single time we go out and play golf. Whenever we get to the last hole, when we're playing around the golf, my dad will always say, hit the ball as hard as you can. And me and my friends always make fun of my dad for saying that. So he'll say, hit the ball as hard as you can, because that's the worst golfing advice you can have. Because if you hit the ball as hard as you can, you don't know where it's going. You just swing really hard. And the professional golfers, they don't swing as hard as they can. They kind of have a very measured tempo and they hit it like that. But my dad just says, you know, why the heck not? Just hit it as hard as you can. So that's kind of how he's taught us how to live life. And I think I've kind of embodied that in the work that I'm doing is when I go out and do things, I may not be the most strategic. I may not plan as well as everyone else. But when I do go out there, I go and hit the ball as hard as I can. That's great. That's great. And uh, hopefully you feel things you've done like your book are hitting the ball as hard as you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think it's kind of fun. Like I love doing these things that are just that not many people do. And it's a lot of and to me, a lot of people have expressed sentiments that, you know, it's not an easy thing to do or that, you know, that they've thought about doing this in the past, but they just haven't stepped up the plate to do it. And I don't think I've ever really had that issue. If there's something that I want to start and do, I just kind of go out and do it. I spend a lot of time, effort and energy doing it, but then I do make it happen. And so that's kind of one thing that I feel very blessed with is that I just have a 
a strong initiative to get things done when I take them on. Zeb, as we start to wrap up here, who is doing something that interests you? That's a great question. You know, I like a I do follow a lot of different people. And I'm, Adam and I talk about, I mean, Adam is doing some really cool things. If you get a chance to check out Adam's stuff, I'd highly recommend that too, at Biz Anatomy. I do watch Pat Flynn a lot. So I like the stuff that he's doing. He just started off this TV. I don't know what it's called, like Pat Flynn TV show or something like that. But every Friday he releases a new video. And these videos have been really helpful. And I mean, I had followed him for his podcast in the past. So I've always kind of liked what he's done. And then obviously I like what both you and Jody are doing. You guys are doing great work too. I just love connecting. There's a lot of people out there that are just doing really cool things. They're really out there trying to help people and they're they're hustlers, you know, and you guys epitomize that effort and hustle that I like to see in other people. So I, the more people I can help be more like you guys, the happier I'm going to be. Well, we all appreciate the kind words, Zeb. Now, as far as staying in connection with you, where's the best place for listeners to stay connected with you online? Uh, I would say my Twitter account is probably the best one. That's the one that I think you can react to right away. So it's Zeb Wellborn at Zeb Wellborn. And Adam and I are actually putting together a, a webinar. We're putting together a webinar on how to these business marketing hacks that we're putting together. So if you reach out to me on Twitter, we'll give you more information about that too. And then my email address, if anybody's interested, is zeb at wellbornmedia.com. Zeb, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? You know what? I want to thank Jared. Jared gave me the opportunity. He mentioned that we had gone down to San Diego and we met each other in person. And he gave me that opportunity. You know, He reached out to me and said, Zeb, I'd love it if you could come down and help us out with Podcast San Diego. So it was a real honor and pleasure to be there to help out with that and to see the speakers that Jared has lined up. And he's doing a really good thing by getting these podcasters together and putting up these podcasting conferences all over the United States. So if you get a chance to go to one of these, I highly, highly recommend it. Well, that means a lot, Zeb. I really appreciate it. Congrats again on the great news about being a dad and, and just being an incredible influencer in, in marketing and in the golf niche and uh, just exciting things going on. It, it's also really encouraging to hear you talk about the different feedback that you've got throughout the Defining Success podcast. So, Zeb, we appreciate you being here today. Just appreciate your time and best wishes to everything that you're doing. Thanks so much, Jared. It's a real honor to be on Sorry of the Doubts. And uh, thanks again for everything you've done for me and that you're doing for others. Awesome. And, and Adam, we thank you for guest co-hosting. Adam, where can people find you? Well, they can find me at bizanatomy.com. That's one word. It's spelled B-U-S-I-N. A-T-O-M-Y dot com. Awesome. And of course, Jody, uh, yeah, I don't have any, any words for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love you, Jody. So, all right. Thanks again, gentlemen. As a teacher, I looked at other teachers and they all seem kind of pessimistic about their profession. You know, they're mostly just complaining about the kids or complaining about the administration. And when I went to this first Chino Valley Chamber of Commerce meeting, I remember the first person I met, his name was Jim Kinister and he was a computer repairman. But just the way that he was talking about computer repair, which is not that exciting, but he was just so excited about it and so willing to share his knowledge and his value and everything with me is really something special. And so that's kind of one of the things that has been a driving force behind what I've been doing in my business is I want to inspire other people. And it doesn't necessarily be to become business owners, but to love what they do and to be good at what they do. 
Podcast Movement 2015 is coming to Texas this summer, and we want you to be there. Join over 1,000 current and aspiring podcasters at the world's largest podcaster conference. Featuring Sarah Koenig of Serial, Roman Mars of 99% Invisible, Pat Flynn, Aisha Tyler, Lou Mangello, John Lee Dumas, and over 50 other speakers. All that's missing is you. Learn more and register now at podcastmovement.com. 